Welcome to Slice of Life. Because a bite was not enough, you've listened to Brenda's Bites for years, and now Brenda is expanding her show to include lifestyle happenings from around the region. Now here's your host, Brenda Alacy. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of Slice of Life right here on your Saturday morning. Always happy to be here to talk about various things happening in and around our region with some of the movers and shakers in town. And later we'll talk about a rather brief encounter you'll be having with the Undie Run, which is a benefit for a charity you may not know a whole lot about, but we're going to have some information for you on that as well. In the meantime, it's a pleasure to welcome for the first time to Slice of Life, Dr. Paresh Dandona. And you may recognize Dr. Dandona's name. He's been in the uh, endocrinology world for a long time. He is a medical doctor. And Dr. Dandona is here to talk about a study that is being conducted right now in conjunction with a partner across the pond. Good morning, Dr. Dandona. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Now, I've heard your name over the years. Uh, You've been in practice for just a little bit, huh? (laughs) How long have you been practicing? So I've been here in uh, Buffalo since 1991. So it's nearly 30 years now. Yes. But prior to that, I was the head of my unit in the University of London at the Royal Free Hospital School of Medicine from 1977 to 91. uh, What brought you over to Buffalo? So, basically, we decided to move to the United States. And the question was where to go. And when I visited the major centers along the eastern seaboard in Boston and, and in Baltimore and in New York, I just felt that the places were too overcrowded. And for a open, sort of loud-mouthed person like me, I knew that I'd have enemies in six months. And somebody told me the position of chief of endocrinology was open in Buffalo. Why didn't I come and have a look at it? It was the month of June, and in June, Buffalo looks like paradise. Indeed. And the chief of medicine, Jim Nolan, said, what can I do to make you stay here? And third point was, the most important point was that there was nothing in endocrinology and diabetes at that time. So I called it an academic desert. So I said, this is the place we're going to set up and grow, and it's been a fantastic journey. Now, you experienced some winters, obviously, over the past uh, nearly 30 Yes, years. I was warned in that June, lovely June, that, you know, Buffalo can get pretty cold in winter. And I said, how much colder can it get? <laughs> anyway, but I found out <laughs> during the first winter. But nonetheless, and I bought my first overcoat in Buffalo. Is that right? Well, it sounds like London's particularly balmy, but no, still, London it doesn't get... No, London is not get... that cold. You see, but... one of the things people don't realize is that a major gift that the Western Hemisphere gives Europe's western coast is the Gulf Stream. Mm-hmm. The current that arises in the Caribbean, Gulf of Mexico, and then travels diagonally across the Atlantic to the west coast of Europe. And even Norway, which is far up north in its Oslo in, in particular, doesn't get as cold as here or doesn't get as snowy as here. Well, in spite of that, I'm so happy that you came here. We always need good medical uh, professionals in our Thank area. You. And mm. I'm happy to hear that uh, the move was a good one for you. Yes, it turned out to be a tremendous one. And frankly, Doctor, I often say on this show, I never thought I'd see the transformation of Buffalo that we've seen yes. in my lifetime. So it's an exciting time to it be here. It is an exciting time to be here. Uh, but with that, you know, there's plenty of food that is probably not the healthiest for us. Wings, pizza, all the mm, uh, mm. all the wonderful food we enjoy in Buffalo, yeah. mm. and there's a real obesity problem in this area. And uh, 
this may lead to some issues with our health. Now, you're conducting a study for folks who are overweight with type 1 diabetes and also for patients who have uncontrolled blood sugar. Tell us uh, a little bit about this cutting-edge uh, cutting research you're conducting. So type 1 diabetes has been a major challenge for a long time. And the reason is that type 1 diabetics, unlike the type 2 diabetics, who are a majority, thank goodness, that, right. that type 1s are a minority, 10% out of the 100. And these persons have an extremely difficult position because their insulin-secreting cell, called the beta cell in the pancreas, is dying or dead. And therefore, they have a severe deficiency of insulin as against the type 2 diabetic, who still has reserves, but his main defect is resistance to the action of insulin. So all the major drugs that have been innovated in the last two and a, 25 years has been a major area, you know, era of in, uh, innovation, had largely been directed towards the type 2 diabetic. Now, the very first of these drugs was classes called GLP-1 receptor agonists, and the first drug in that class that was based on one daily dose of the drug called liraglutide came in 2010. And I immediately fell for it because I thought I'll use it in the type 1s and see what happens. So the drug came in 2010 and by 2011 we published the first paper on type 1 diabetes with this drug, although it was not licensed for it. Did it feel almost like a miracle drug? Sorry? Did it feel almost as if it was a miracle drug? I, I just thought that it was amazing. So we published it, and we showed continuous glucose monitoring results in our first paper, and that led to what I call the grand slam of grants. I got a grant from Novo Nordisk, the manufacturers of the drug, a grant from Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, a grant from American Diabetes Association, and a grant from the NIH. So we became the world leaders in this area. And we published work since then in this, in, on this theme. But then there came another class of drugs called the SGLT2 inhibitors, and amongst them, dapagliflozin was one. And we then tried that, in addition to the liraglutide, and published the very first triple therapy study in type 1. And that was published in 2016. Again, we became the world leaders in that area. And now the other interesting part is that dapagliflozin then was uh, initiated into type 1 diabetes trials by itself by the manufacturers, AstraZeneca. And they made me the principal investigator globally in that study. And those studies have now led to the licensing of that drug, first oral agent in type 1 diabetes in Europe and Japan. Is this the drug that you're partnering with with the study with folks in Scotland? So in the current triple therapy, what we have is insulin, of course. We can't get rid of it. It's essential. Semaglutide, which is the brother of liraglutide, but is a lot more potent. So it's the first pioneering study with this drug. And the third drug will be dapagliflozin. So these three drugs together compose our current study. So, Doctor, for a layperson like myself, yeah. when I hear about this, this can help folks who are suffering with diabetes yes. get their blood sugar under control. Is yeah. it sort of the bottom line? So, that is one aspect, actually. Mm -hmm. The other exciting thing that has happened is 
that in the drug class called the GLP-1 receptor agonists, of which liraglutide and semaglutide are the members, that class we discovered and published in 2012 that they're anti-inflammatory as well. So that was a mm. major contribution. So that then led us to believe that it would lead to diminution of atherosclerosis, heart attack, and stroke. And indeed, in clinical trials, that's been confirmed. Because people who are diabetic have a proclivity for that, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. And the third aspect of dapagliflozin is that it has recently been shown that it's of great help in patients with congestive cardiac failure. So a win-win across the board. So (laughs) really, the benefits to the type 1 diabetic are going to be multidirectional. And prolific. And how exciting that this is happening right in Buffalo, New York, led by you. And if you're interested in getting information to see if you're a candidate or have a loved one who may be interested, simply call the Diabetes Research Center at 535-1850, that number 535-1850. And people will be compensated for their participation. They will be compensated for it. If they qualify for this. And the other thing that I need to remind you about in this study especially in the Babylonian setting, is that both of these additional drugs gives you weight loss. Oh, wow. <laughs> now it's a slam dunk, doctor. Um, so is this the most exciting thing you've seen in your career as an endocrinologist? No, there are lots of other things I've done. We discovered the anti-inflammatory effect of insulin when insulin was thought to be atherogenic. So we reversed the whole world's view on that and changed it. And the other thing, since you were mentioning about diet and foods earlier, we also were the initiators of what we call the area of macronutrients and inflammation. So we showed for the first time the glucose and cream cause oxidative stress and inflammation. And but since nobody eats cream and glucose as food, we went to the most popular meal of the United States, the McDonald's meal. And 2004, we published that a small McDonald's meal will give you inflammation free of charge for the next five hours. Is that right? And then that led to the concept that if nature wants us to eat, why is it so damn cruel that you get inflammation every time? So let's look for safe foods. And that led to the discovery. Orange juice was the first non-inflammatory food that we described. And then the Citrus Department of Governor of Florida funded us to do an actual study on demonstrating that it's anti-inflammatory. So that led to the concept that not only orange juice, but perhaps other fruits, including grapes and so on, mm-hmm. Makes are all sense. anti-inflammatory. So it's been a you know multi-directional yeah. search and journey, and it's been a very exciting one. I was going to say, I'm sure you're not bored at work. Not you, at you all. In fact, I do. Yesterday, I did a long clinic, starting at eight, finished at about seven in the evening, oh. along with my fellows, and it's always a joy and a pleasure. And the other thing I do want to mention briefly is that we probably have the best standards of care in diabetes in the world today. Since 1997, we've not had a single case of major diabetic foot ulcer, major gangrene or amputation, which are commonplace complications. Since 2001, we've not had end-stage kidney failure and dialysis if you come to us with a, a reasonable renal function. Isn't that amazing? Congratulations on all the cutting-edge work you're doing, Dr. Dandone. Thank you very much. It's uh, a good thing that you opted for Buffalo all those years ago. I I, I still agree with that, absolutely Uh, agree with that, because, you know, anywhere else, with my multidirectional interests, like a child, I get excited. 
that I would not have been allowed to do things that I've done here. That's an even bigger compliment. Dr. Paresh Dandona, and if you're interested in the Diabetes Research Center information, please call 535-1850, and you'll get information about how you might participate in this information and in this class. And there is compensation involved, 535-1850. Dr., thank you so much. Thank you. And there's no copay, right? You're not going to charge me a copay? (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Okay. We'll be back right after this. (laughs) Ready to own your first real home? The road to unrenting can get a bit rocky. It takes a reliable partner to right wrong turns. That's the role of a realtor. An expert voice of reason helping you navigate the rigmarole of real estate. A trusted ally who knows and represents your rights. So you get all the right guidance on your journey home. Is your agent a realtor? Look for the R. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Sweet and salty bars from Nature Valley are a perfect combination of sweet and salty. So take a moment for yourself out here. You deserve every last bite. Nature Valley Sweet and Salty Bars. Now available in minis. Car crashes don't happen in slow motion. They happen fast. In a crash, there's no time to check if your child's in the right car seat. Don't think you know. Know you know. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I'm not a big talker. I am a big doer. But sometimes the only way to solve the problem is to get on the horn and figure it out. So the only people I like talking to? Granger, With knowledgeable product experts ready with the answers to my toughest questions, calling Granger is the one conversation I don't mind having. From machining and motor parts to valves and vacuum pumps, when it comes to solving my problems, granger has got my back. Call, click Granger.com, or stop by to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. My portfolio's diversified, my 401k's maxed, but my savings account just sat there till I switched it to Marcus by Goldman Sachs. I'm earning way more now, and just between you and me, my savings are right on track, feels like I got upgraded for free. You can, money. With an online savings account from Marcus by Goldman Sachs, you could earn much more interest than with the largest banks. Sign up at Marcus.com. Comparison made to the three largest U.S. banks measured by total deposits. Rates as of January 21st, 2020 may vary by state. Goldman Sachs Bank USA, member FDIC. Thanks for tuning in to Slice of Life. Now back to your hostess with the mostest, Brenda Alacy. And as we roll along at Slice of Life this week, it's a pleasure to welcome for the first time to the show, Monique Abair Bublik, who is with the Cupid's Undie Run. Good morning and welcome, Monique. Good morning. Nice to have you here. And uh, I had mentioned in the opening that we're going to have a brief conversation and uh, a little play on words here. You are talking about 2020 Cupid's Undie Run, and people might say, what the heck is that? But it actually has a very serious undertone to it, right? Because it's, it's supposed to raise awareness of a genetic disorder called neurofibromatosis. Correct. And it's a genetic disorder that causes tumors to grow on nerves throughout the body and may lead to blindness, deafness, disfigurement, and um, a lot of pain and potentially cancer. 
Absolutely. So while we're talking about a fun event, it has a very serious meaning underneath. It absolutely does. So in neurofibromatosis, there are three types, type 1, type 2, and schwannomatosis. Uh, and 1 in 3,000 people are affected with neurofibromatosis. Uh, it is a genetic disorder, so anyone can be born with it. And in fact, 50% of cases are in individuals who have no family history. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, myself, I have an F1. That's um, also what you call neurofibromatosis, NF. And um, I've never really had any effects from the disorder, no learning disabilities or tumor, significant tumor growth. Um, my son, Evan, was born in 2002, and I unknowingly uh, passed on NF1 to him. Um, he, unfortunately, had one of the most aggressive cases um, NIH had ever seen, had rapid tumor growth that never responded to any treatments, and he passed away in 2015. Oh, um, so sorry. Thank Thank you. Uh, from the disorder, having only been 13 for 10 days. So it can vary from person to person, mm-hmm. and it is a progressive disorder. So the older you get, the more it can affect you. So this is a disorder that not many people know about it, but it occurs at one in 3,000 births. So mm-hmm. I'm so glad you're you're putting the word out there, Monique. Thank you. Uh, there are so many causes out there and, and wonderful charity events, but it's important to put this particular one in the, uh, in the spotlight. We should also point out NF is not contagious. One is born with it. Uh, It affects all genders and races equally. And it's, as you indicated, the symptoms can be wildly different from person to person. Absolutely. And there's no cure yet, which leads us to your fundraiser. Yes. Um, And out of tragedy, you're doing something to help others and to, you know, shine a light on this and raise money because... We all know everybody, every research study needs money. So on February 15th at noon, folks are gathering at the Thin Man Brewery at 492 Elmwood. What will be happening there? Well, at 12 p.m., we kick off the event with two hours of partying. Uh, So people will gather. There will be a photo booth. Um, I'm working on getting an airbrush body painter. And we have some wonderful photographers living in the bus. And Lemur Studios will be there uh, to catch the event on film and then at two o'clock we have our brief run it is only a mile uh pants are optional (laughs) so and then we uh have a award ceremony as well for a top fundraiser top teams a costume contest and we finish everything up with another hour of partying so from 12 to 4 we'll be there there is registration available on the day of the event if those are interested or they can visit cupids.org and select buffalo to register there as well and it's just a wonderful event Uh, of course we always love for people to wear their undies because people with NF, they can't hide their tumors or their disfigurements. And so we run in our underwear in solidarity. So, But of course, we encourage anyone to dress in whatever they're comfortable in, leggings, pajamas. Elmo showed up last year, so (laughs) anything goes. (laughs) How was it for you last year? Is it... um something that you're starting to get some buzz about? You're developing some hype about this? So far, we've been consistent, having around 175 people participate. I would love to go over that and really put um, a hit uh, with our fundraising. So far, for the four years we've been here, Buffalo has raised $54,400.36 in fundraising for the Children's Tumor Foundation. You've got it down to the penny. I sure do. <laughs> so, And in fact, that uh, that money goes right back into our own community 
the Oshai Children's Hospital has an NF clinic, and that is funded by the Children's Tumor Foundation. So they have their own team as well participating in the event, so we always look forward to seeing them there. Is that where your son was treated? He actually passed away before the NF clinic came to fruition. He uh, was treated at the National Institute of Health by Dr. Wiederman, who now actually uh, works and uh, does research with the Children's Tumor Foundation. So, um, Monique, about this particular run on the 15th, I assume it's rain or shine or snow, whatever the situation, it's only a mile, so it's going to happen no matter the weather, I assume. Absolutely. Last year, we had quite a bit of snow on the ground, and we had participants doing snow angels um, (laughs) in their undies, of course, uh, and it was just a great time. It is only a mile, and you don't have to run. Um, It is walkable. And the roads are closed for the event, so it's absolutely safe. Or you can just sit back and laugh at everyone else running in their underwear while you have a drink. (laughs) (laughs) And we're better than Thin Man Brewery. It's got a great upstairs porch, and you've got a great view of Elmwood Avenue. Absolutely. Now, this Cupid's Undy Run actually began um, 10 years ago in Washington, D.C., and raised $10,000. Did -hmm. those folks help you uh, set this up? Was it difficult getting it off the ground? Uh, It wasn't too difficult getting it off the ground. Nationals which is located in Denver, Colorado, as you said, had their first run in 2010. And a lot of the founding members were uh, there when I started with Cupid's Sunday Run four years ago. So I was very, very fortunate to be able to meet those individuals, get inspiration from those individuals, and learn from them how to make this event a success for our city. So when you tell people about the neurofibromatosis, mm-hmm. NF, as it's more commonly known, mm-hmm. do you find that probably 99% of the people have no idea what you're referring to? Absolutely. I always say it's the most common common uncommon disorder uh, because people hear about multiple sclerosis. They hear about spinal bifida. They All of these other disorders that happen to people or that people are born with and really they're shocked to know that one in 3,000 people are born with NF and that is so prevalent and still to this day we have people who uh, are teens and adults just now being diagnosed. So it may not be apparent um, when the child is born. I think mm-hmm. that's important to stress, Monique, right? So how does one, is it through blood work or other sor- sorts of testing that the diagnosis is made? Well, initially, the first thing that people usually notice with an infant born with neurofibromatosis, or NF, as you said, is uh, they have cafe au lait birthmarks. And there is a standard, and I'm not sure of it, but you have to have a certain number of birthmarks over a certain size, and they're cafe au lait in color. And then that would be an indicator for the doctor to have the person checked uh, for other indications of NF, such as lish nodules in the eyes, freckling in the armpits and groin. Mm. Um, and then later in life, you may see learning disabilities. But as we discussed previously, um, some people are affected more, uh, much differently than other people. We're talking with Monique Abert Bublik, who is the uh, is it chairperson? Is that the right? Uh, and the founder, director. Director. <laughs> you got one of those lofty titles. Uh, party run and party on a mission to end NF. Uh, it's the Cupid's Undie Run coming up on 
February 15th, before you know it, it'll be here, uh, and it runs from noon until 4. So can people walk or run that mile anytime in that four-hour span? The run kicks off at 2 p.m., mm-hmm. so um, that is when we have the road closure, so that would be the that would be the time that we run. But they can arrive anywhere between 12 and 2 to register. Again, they can register at cupids.com, and if anyone is interested in donating, they can donate to me, myself, at my.cupids.org forward slash Monique 2020. Okay, so I was going to say, if you're not running or walking, certainly you're happy to take donations, right? Oh, I absolutely am. In fact, I'll take my pants off for it. <laughs> it's not often to hear that on this show. Uh, Monique, uh, with the, when the money is raised, and you mentioned it stays local, right? So do you then give it to a particular... Um, a foundation that applies it for drug research? How, where, do, where does the money actually go? And how does it help folks who have NF? Absolutely. So the money itself is collected by nationals, and then it's distributed to the Children's Tumor Foundation, which is located in New York City. And they distributed that to where they see necessary funding, research. It's really exciting because there's a MEC inhibitor that um, is being approved by um, the government, which is going to be the first success treatment for NF and we're just really working on a cure so it's just it's wonderful especially to have an NF clinic now in Buffalo to feel really like we're helping our own community well I salute you for taking a tragedy and turning it into something good to help others one more time on the website my.cupids.org and again to donate it's my.cupids.org forward slash Monique 2020 and sorry to register it is is cupids.org cupids.org great no problem at all and everybody will go to cupids anyways and look it up online so absolutely cupids undie run and it'll lead you right there perfect and <laughs> i i actually found a lot of information i was poking around on the website it was very informative and i've learned a lot in the past 10 to 12 minutes here uh thank you so much for everything you're doing for folks with nf and for being an important part of the community monique thanks for coming on the show thank you so much that'll put a wrap on this edition of slice of life we'll see you next week Thanks for listening. Brenda will be back next Slice of Life on ESPN 1520.